Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. Merry Christmas, Sterling Foursquare Church family. I want to invite you to stand tonight. We are going to be worshiping our way through Luke chapter 2, celebrating the entrance of Jesus into our lives. And we're hopeful that you are going to encounter the joy of the Lord that gives you strength.
seated. As we continue tonight in our Christmas Eve service, we're going to be reading through the Luke narrative of Jesus' birth. And in between those readings, we're going to be singing together, and it'll culminate in our candle lighting. But we'll begin in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. He writes, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. No, we may hear 
while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Just see. Hey. 
shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Church family, would you stand and join us as we sing?
angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off, and he found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them.
before there was light Walked across the pages of time You made every living thing Behold Him You heard humanity's cry Left His throne to wake as a child he became like the least of us. Behold him, Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, the Lamb, the Roaring Lion. Oh, be still and behold him. Dying with sinners and saints, heal the blind, the lost, and the lame. Even now, He is in our midst. Behold, He chose a criminal's end, paid with blood to settle our debt. Very death as he
time tonight reading through the birth of Christ narrative in the Gospel of Luke. And I don't know how familiar you are with the Gospels. There's four of them. And Matthew and Luke both go into detail about Jesus' birth from kind of different vantages and a few different uh, details that are added to that, but really wholly focusing on Christ coming in the flesh born into real time, into real place. There's incredible significance to that. The Apostle Paul later in Scripture talks about the confidence that we can have in Jesus as a Savior who is deeply familiar with the challenges and the struggles of this life. Because he came and entered in. He became God with us, Emmanuel. He came in the flesh. And the Gospel of Mark focuses on the details of Jesus' life as well. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are all really narratives of Jesus' life. Mark skips ahead. He skips Jesus' birthday altogether and just gets to the beginning of the message of the kingdom of heaven is at hand and the demonstration of the power and the miraculous and details the life and the ministry of Jesus and what happens when somebody encounters him and experiences that transformation and how that impacts not just the person, but the community and others as a result of that. And then there's the Gospel of John. And John comes at the narrative and the details of Jesus' entrance into human history in a much different perspective, where Matthew, Mark, and Luke are, are really looking at the human detail of it and, and looking at Jesus in the flesh, like right in our face. John gets up above all of that, and he, he thinks in broader terms. And all of these are, are needed. All of these are helpful for us to understand God's love for us, to understand his plan of redemption for each one of us, and for us to relate to God in a way where we can see him with skin in the game in a sense. But instead of going into details of just a historical narrative, John uses a very strong metaphor. And that metaphor is light. In the way that John begins his gospel in speaking of Jesus and Jesus' entrance into our world, he says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. 
And through him all things were made. Without him nothing that was made has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And a few verses later, he pens these words, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into this world. Where Matthew and Mark and Luke give us a picture of a Savior who we can relate to in the flesh, who we can understand, who we can see uh, the, the, the scope and the span of his life where there's a way to relate to him in a very, very human and practical way. One of the things that John does is he uses this idea of metaphor to give us something that we are already really familiar with, and that is the contrast between light and dark. I love that John goes out of his way to speak to Jesus as the light coming into the world, the light that would be the one to give life, to make life available to all men. And I'm, I'm so very grateful for his use of that metaphor because I have found what you have probably found to be true as well and that I am very familiar with darkness. There's difficulty and struggle in the world that we live in and the life that we've lived up to this point. And I want you to pause for just a moment and I want you to consider this. Where would you be familiar with darkness tonight? If you were honest before the Lord, if you were honest before your family and friends present, those places that are still dark in the shadows of your heart, those places in your mind that are still filled with haunted thoughts, like we're, we're familiar with darkness. That can be fear and that can be doubt. That can be very real hurt and offense. That can be present struggles. That can be a past that we can't seem to get past. I love the use of this metaphor because it can be so very broad. It can be applied to things that have taken place in my life, decisions that I've made where I'm still bearing out the consequences in real time, or where I'm seeing the consequences of decisions that I've made impact those I love in some way. It's a metaphor that can be applied to this very night, to this very moment. Things that you're walking through, struggles that you're dealing with, places of disappointment, places of disillusionment, places of discouragement. It's a metaphor that can be applied to things that are, are yet out in front of us, things that we know are looming in the coming days or in the coming weeks or months. See, we're familiar with dark. And I love that John employs the metaphor of light to speak about Jesus' entrance into our world because the light pushes back the darkness in every instance. When the sun rises, the darkness recedes. I love that about the plains that we live on, that we can actually watch that happen in real time as the sun begins to rise on the horizon and the darkness moves past us in every instance that is something that is true and I would just suggest to you tonight that Jesus is the light for whatever the answer was to that first question that I asked you
whether that has to do with things that you are wrestling with tonight or strains in your relationships, whether that has to do with maybe a crisis of faith moment that you're in right now where you're just like, man, I'm not even sure about this whole Jesus thing, but I'm just kind of feeling my way through this. Like Whatever that very real answer would be, there is a very real Savior who comes in and brings His light and brings His life and makes it available to us. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And my very real prayer for you tonight would be that if that's not something that you have encountered, that it would be something that you make room in your heart for tonight. That if that's something that you've encountered, but you are in a present struggle, that you would be reaffirmed in that truth tonight. And that if it's something that you've been holding fast to joyfully and moving fully into the things that God has planned and purposed for your life, that you would be a ready herald of that to share with others tonight. And that is what I find so significant about our candle lighting, our candlelight service. Because it's not like a, just a birthday candle for Jesus. It is a very real picture that the light of Christ shines in the darkness and will not overcome it. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand, and I'm going to be joined by my three kids. This is something that we started doing a number of years ago, and they're going to have their candles lit by me, and then they're going to bring their lit candles to you, and we're going to begin to light from the front to the back. We'll be singing, O Holy Night, as we do that. It's a very real picture. It's like a living metaphor for what it looks like for Jesus to enter our darkness and to begin to touch our lives and to use us to the touch the lives of others. So church family, if you would stand and be reminded of that place in your life where you would need Jesus to shine so readily and bright tonight.
church, if you would very carefully raise your candle. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you that you came for us. That you are the light of the world. That you are the life of all mankind. You are the light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. We thank you for your light. We thank you for the life that you extend to us. We thank you for this good news that will be a cause of great joy for all people. Lord, that today, today we celebrate the birth of our King. We celebrate you stepping into our humanity. We celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. And Lord, may this good news truly cause great joy in us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can go ahead and extinguish your candle.